Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of Weber Talks. Weber Talks is the only regional podcast that speaks to experts about public administration reform. In 20-minute segments, we host various opinion makers and fact creators and explain and untangle difficult questions related to public administration reform. We focus on the entire Western Balkan region's shared problems and EU perspective. Weber Talks uh, podcasts offer valuable ideas, pose many and answer many questions, and explore constructive ideas and initiatives. Weber Talks is part of European Talks, a podcast conducted by the European Policy Center, CEP in Belgrade, the Weber Project uh, Coordinator. Our today's guest is Mr. Admiri Maliti, Minister of Information Society and Administration of North Macedonia. Uh, Minister, uh, you were one of the keynote speakers today at the Citizens First Conference, the landmark event of the Weber initiative um, and you spoke about uh, the implementation of the strategy of public administration reform in uh, North Macedonia. Um, could you signal, since this is now the last year of the implementation of the current strategy, could you tell us, for example, what are the two biggest achievements and then two key challenges, biggest challenges that you have observed uh, in the implementation of this strategy? Well, thank you very much uh, for having me in this uh, podcast. Uh, it's true uh, that uh, our last uh, uh, strategy for reform in public administration was drafted in 2018, and uh, its name is 2018-2022, so this is the last year of that uh, uh, strategy. Um, I must say that you know some of the things of that strategy have been... Um, uh, well uh, implemented, uh, but uh, uh, part of it was not uh, implemented. Um, uh, for instance, in that strategy, uh, uh, our colleagues in the ministry have put a lot of uh, 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 laws to be, you know, approved uh, by the government and by the parliament, and uh, we think that uh, was a mistake because, uh, uh, you know, in order to approve the laws in, in parliament and put it in the to be part of the constitution you need uh, a, a wider consensus and in places like uh, north macedonia where usually you have a you know a very diverse uh, parliament is hard to 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 make a consensus so i think uh, most of uh, bigger uh, uh, you know challenges uh, that were foreseen in this uh, strategy. In fact, we we kind of have to put them in the new strategy which we are drafting, even though for some of those laws, um, um, uh, me and my cabinet are doing our, uh, you know, uh, last uh, 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 tries, so to say. For instance, the the uh, reorganization of institutions. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, what are these laws? I mean, to what extent are they <coughs> crucial for yeah. uh, the actual implementation of the reform agenda? Well, uh, so uh, to, we recently uh, uploaded two uh, laws. One is a law on public sector, which uh, uh, concerns all the employees in the public sector, including uh, the uh, employees in municipalities and central mm -hmm. government. The other is uh, the law on uh, 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 public administration, but only for central level, meaning for the ministries. For this is, um, uh, these laws are where we have uh, the biggest consensus, so to say, with uh, political parties. But apart from this, where political parties differ, 
for instance, is the law on top management, meaning that uh, we want to create... These are the senior civil servants exactly, in the yes, administration. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and the other is the law on uh, reorganization of institutions. Uh, that means that we have, uh, as a government and as a ministry, we, we propose to close some uh, obsolete institutions uh, which, uh, you know, the experts have uh, concluded that they shouldn't exist because... So sort of a sunset law for uh, specific institutions. Yes. Is there a lot of administrative um, um, opposition and, uh, and uh, um, obstruction? Well, you know, uh, generally speaking, in North Macedonia, and I suppose this is similar to many other uh, countries in the Western Balkans, uh, for these kind of laws and reforms, there is some resistance. Uh, because uh, usually different political parties do their own calculations whether certain reform is a disadvantage to their political party. And trying, you know, to change this mindset that we have to do these reforms because these are, uh, you know, for the benefit of the country and implicitly for all uh, political actors uh, takes some time. Uh, but additionally, I think what happened in North Macedonia until recently was that... Uh, our political actors uh, had this um, idea that we will never start uh, negotiations with the EU because, you know, we had this uh, contest, uh, contest with Greece and then with, and then Bulgaria. with Bulgaria. But uh, fortunately, you know, this year we uh, had a deal with Bulgaria uh, facilitated by the EU and we started the negotiation process in July. And I think after July we have... Uh, uh, a better climate, so to say. And I think that now um, uh, political parties in the government, but also in opposition, are uh, you know, conscious that we must uh, do the reforms uh, uh, you know, uh, for the sake of uh, EU uh, negotiation. But uh, as, as it was, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think somebody mentioned today, that we need to ref uh, to do the reforms primarily for the sake of our citizens, you know, for, for our country. Indeed, but we have all been listening to exactly. to this mantra yeah. for decades yeah. now and uh, yeah. doesn't always work that e way. Exactly. So, you know, I don't see it uh, as a, a bad thing uh, to have additional motivation, the EU negotiation. And that's why I we are more, you know, uh, optimist now that with the new strategy, which uh, we are in the process of drafting it, uh, uh, Public Administration Reform 2023-2030, which are the years that we hope uh, as a country at 2030 to be a full member of the EU, uh, should you know have uh, all main components, but uh, we don't necessarily need to put exactly... Uh, uh, the names of the laws because the, the, the laws uh, themselves, uh, uh, you know, depend on the political will of more actors. And we as a ministry, we can do all the laws and send them to parliament, but if they uh, don't uh, succeed in, in, in uh, being voted, then it seems like we have failed as a ministry, which is uh, not uh, the case. So these are some of the challenges that yeah. uh, that you have faced in the implementation of the strategy. Uh, can you share with us uh, some successes? What are you proud of in yeah. the implementation of this strategy? Well, you know, uh, our ministry has um, the digitalization component and additionally it has the 
public administration uh, component. And if I can ask, uh, sure. I understand this is also, let's say, something that is very close to your heart, personally. Uh, well, yes, because of my, uh, you know, background as uh, informatician, but uh, of course, as a as a minister in this ministry, I must uh, see all the components that we have. But, uh, uh, you know, since we have both digitalization and uh, public administration, we somehow see both these components intertwined. And uh, also the digitalization uh, we uh, see in the context of reforming the public administration. So when it comes to digitalization, uh, we are focused on two segments. One segment would be uh, the administration themselves. It has the ministries and the institutions which are uh, under the government uh, need to communicate themselves electronically. Um, until now, uh, most of the processes are done with hard copies and in a classical way. And we think that these, this in turn makes our institutions uh, less efficient and less transparent. Because it, many times, you know, for certain, uh, certain processes, it happens that uh, uh, papers or uh, requests are uh, lost somewhere and, you know, there is no accountability. Uh, what uh, happens. That's why in recent years and uh, together with uh, uh, strategy 2018-2022, uh, it was de developed a document management system, which now me and my team have concluded that in fact it, it, it doesn't, um, uh, you know, uh, do all the things that uh, a document management system should do. Uh, so now institutions are using the document management system and the interoperability uh, 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 protocol uh, and platform uh, mainly to scan the current uh, documents that they have, but still they are doing most of processes in hard copy. So now I think uh, uh, now the, the challenge in there would be to upgrade the DMS so the DMS can replace, in fact, the... The, the paper communication. Yeah. Exactly, paper communication. Uh, so uh, uh, this and, you know, similar platforms, uh, the idea is that in the future we'll, uh, we'll enhance, you know, the communication between institutions because uh, we as a ministry are responsible for, uh, you know, digitalization also of the uh, ministries and all other institutions. <clears throat> The other part is the communication of institutions with the citizens. Uh, for this also we have a, a, a portal that is maintained uh, by the ministry, uslugi.gov.mk. Uh, in recent years and uh, in, in this line... This is basically the e-services portal exactly, of the government. Exactly, exactly. So in there we have uh, around 200 services which were done in recent years. Uh, but, uh, you know, our conclusion now as a new cabinet is that uh, the prioritization of uh, services hasn't been done uh, uh, very well. Uh, that's why uh, my team now is analyzing which services should have priority to be digitalized. Mm -hmm. And uh, since uh, we also see digitalization in terms of fighting bribery and corruption, which you know, we somehow know that exists in some part of uh, of the administration. The focus now should be 
on uh, services which are mostly sold for uh, from citizens. So the most frequent services exactly. uh, for the so, citizens. So Do you have data on that? Do you have uh, actual data? Well, you know, we have uh, been talking with uh, uh, ministries and institutions which mostly deal with citizens. Because, for instance, my ministry directly, we don't uh, deal with citizens. We create, you know, platforms to link institutions and uh, citizens. Of course, but you're not service providers to the citizens yourselves. Yes, yeah. yes. So, for instance, this year we digitalized the uh, uh, the process of getting a passport, a process of getting an ID card, a process of getting a driving license. And how many times do citizens now have to go physically to the administration to get a passport, <laughs> for example? Well, uh, you know, we don't have uh, scientific data to see uh, uh, you know uh, uh, how how far uh, how f uh, often they are they are doing it, but uh, uh, it, based on information from the Ministry of Interior, these are the services uh, which uh, you know uh, there are uh, bigger requests, and there are you know there is anecdotal evidence that there there might be corruption and uh, bribery from some officials who want to expedite things and so on. That's why we uh, wanted to digitalize these services so citizens will have the alternative to to do to do the the uh, the the request of these uh, uh, services online. And we will be continuing, uh, you know, with the registry office because in the registry office also it is an uh, important agency where citizens get uh, birth certificates, death certificates, and so on. So we are working now uh, with them uh, too to digitalize their, uh, you know, priority services, uh, so to say. So my point is, you know, to summarize on, on your question, there has been some improvement in recent years in both communication between institutions, especially with the DMS and the interoperability platform, and with the e-services, which is the communication uh, between institutions and uh, citizens. But we are in a stage where we have concluded the disadvantages or let's say the weaknesses of, of both these segments and uh, are trying to build uh, you know upgrades in in both of them uh, in order you know to to uh, improve the the services uh, that we give to the citizens and also with the objective to make our institutions more efficient accountable and transparent. So I was just going to ask you, I mean, uh, what you have uh, described uh, sounds like a lot of background work which is being done in order to set the stage for actually yeah. uh, improving service delivery to, to the citizens. So mm. the citizens are probably yet to see uh, mm. some tangible mm. improvements uh, and actually mm. easing of their yeah. lives uh, and, and their interactions with the citizens. But I remember uh, back uh, when I worked uh, with the Serbian, uh, then Minister of Public Administration, uh, and in 2015, we changed the law on um, uh, administrative service, mm. uh, general administrative uh, procedure, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, for the first time, switched this assumption uh, where the citizens were supposed to go around the institutions and collect information and data, which is already stored in official registers of the, of the institutions. For the first time, the assumption was changed and the institutions were obliged formally uh, by law to uh, collect the, those, uh, this data and information for the citizens if they're already, if the state is already in possession. Mm. And we, here we are, um, what is it, seven years later, yep. 
And still, my dad, who is trying to get uh, his retirement pay to, mm. to, to, to get his pension, has had to go to uh, the various institutions for at least five or six or seven times now, and his mm. pension is still not on his bank account. Mm. And he's constantly being told, you know, in one institution and the other institution, oh, you have to go get this paper, you have to go mm. get that mm. paper. So it's still very difficult for the administration to actually change and to actually uh, stop treating citizens as uh, the postmen and postwomen who are supposed to be, be delivering the papers to them. So how do you think do we actually make the administration change? How do we make, you know, the actual civil servants and the people behind the, the desks in the administration uh, start to understand that their primary purpose is to deliver services to the citizens, to be nice, to be kind, to treat them with respect and dignity, uh, and to make sure that they actually abide by by the the, the legislation. How do we do that? Well, I think you know that there is no uh, short answer to this. Uh, probably there are you know uh, uh, more factors at play here, and also there are different approaches. Uh, not sure if you, but you, you should have information how they did it in Albania, where they had, uh, let's say, Are you more... taking advice and experiences from Albania? Uh, well, I don't think that will work in North Macedonia, mm -hmm. because, you know, in Albania, for instance, uh, the, their prime minister decided a certain date, and he said that all institutions must uh, digitalize uh, until uh, that date, and uh, they had no other choice. <laughs> but uh, you see the, the drawback of that, or the disadvantages that... Albania, uh, uh, you know, uh, went online uh, a little bit too quickly, and that's why they didn't think much of the cybersecurity aspect uh, on the way. And, and cybersecurity seems to be on everybody's minds exactly, nowadays, exactly. in the region so, especially. So, so you know, uh, when 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 you rush, uh, it might happen that uh, you know, uh, then you just overlook uh, some important aspects and like, compromise security. Exactly. So what uh, happened, you know, in Albania with that um, big attack that they had uh, from Iran and uh, from uh, other hacker groups, I think, you know, was uh, too damaging for, for, for the country. In our approach, you know, uh, of course, we see this resistance. Uh, we want, you know, our approach to be to convince uh, first the, uh, the <clears throat> heads, let's say, of institutions. So that's why... You know, I'm on my 10th uh, month uh, as a minister, but uh, in, in the first month I had a couple of meetings with the Minister of Interior, with the Director of Registry Office and of these institutions which uh, uh, need to digitalize services. But uh, I was told that there is a resistance in there. and You have the most it, difficult <clears throat> job of that getting them all on board for this so, reform. Exactly. So when I explained, you know, to my colleagues, ministers and uh, to directors, I think, you know, they, that helped a lot. Uh, on next day, we created working groups, usually my ministry, MISA, with a certain uh, ministry. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of... Uh, uh, things started to move that haven't moved uh, uh, for years. Uh, they are not moving as fast as, uh, you know, in Albania that I mentioned. But uh, I think uh, <clears throat> if it uh, uh, goes like this, is not uh, bad because, uh, uh, you know, parallelly, we as a ministry are thinking of creating a cybersecurity agency, which we don't have at the moment in North Macedonia. We also get our share fair uh, of attacks, uh, mm -hmm. you know, not as severe as uh, the one in Albania. 
But the point is that parallelly as we do digitalization, we also build our defense, uh, which is very important uh, uh, in this context. So, uh, you know, to, uh, to give a little bit shorter answer, I think still the uh, solution would be inclusiveness, you know, to include all stakeholders. And here is, I think, the, the big role has to play civil uh, sector organizations. In North Macedonia, we have certain uh, organizations which uh, uh, deal with digitalization in the context of uh, uh, public administration reform. And I think they are of great help because usually me <coughs> as a minister many times refer to their research, to their data, like uh, what uh, also Weber has done, you know, with this feedback you get from uh, uh, citizens. I think that uh, helps policymakers, you know, to, to, to convince other policymakers to, to bring them on board to do the, the, the digitalization. Yeah. I'm very happy to hear that, Minister. And um, <laughs> also uh, today, since, since we, we, we discussed uh, the experiences from, from different countries, we heard also from your advisor that the ministry, the MISA, is even planning to upgrade the role of civil society organizations yeah. in not only in the design, but also in the implementation and coordination of the next uh, mm -hmm. strategy of public administration reform. Uh, could you say a couple of words about that for the end, since we are Almost sure. Well, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, first, uh, uh, I think that uh, we have empirical data that uh, when um, involving uh, non-governmental organizations, you get a better process. And uh, in the other side, you know, non-governmental organizations are in a better position sometimes to, uh, you know, conclude things, to, to, to say that this is wrong and this uh, should be done. Uh, in comparison with uh, politicians, where politicians must get uh, a consensus, uh, a wider consensus and so on. That's why, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think that uh, it's important for uh, civil uh, society organizations to be involved in these things because they have that uh, position to, to do something that uh, government organizations are not very successful in doing, like doing certain research, talking to the citizens. Also, in recent years, the uh, uh, the citizens' trust to government organizations is uh, decreasing. And I think here also uh, non-governmental organizations are in better position to communicate with citizens and get that data and uh, uh, kind of impose that data, you know, to policymakers. Indeed. Uh, so my, my, I think that, you know, this approach where we involve um, non-governmental organizations, but not only them, uh, when it comes to digitalization, we have to communicate also with the private sector, uh, with uh, Business bi businesses and so on. So in a case where you get uh, this diverse feedback from uh, different stakeholders and at the end you uh, implement something, usually that's a good recipe, you know, for success. 
Well, this is really great to hear. And I think that, you know, if civil society organizations uh, become involved in both the operational, but also maybe political level uh, monitoring and coordination mechanisms on uh, in, the, in the implementation of the next strategy of public administration reform, you will definitely have a much higher score on the next uh, Weber Power Monitor uh, report. So we are going to stay tuned to see and uh, hopefully be able to export those good uh, examples from North Macedonia to the rest of the region. Um, until then, uh, I wish you a lot of success. I wish you a long mandate and I really hope that uh, your plans are going to, to come true and that in two years time, when we have the next uh, Citizens First Conference, we will be able to speak about some good practices from North Macedonia. Thank you very much for uh, being our guest. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. To be here.